Hello and welcome to Volume 4, Issue 163 of Kane and Rince. This issue we will be talking about Silent Hill 4, The Room. But before we get on to that, play along with Kane and Rince Volume 4. Uh, upcoming games include Sound Shapes, WarioWare Inc. Mega Micro Games and WarioWare Inc. Mega Party Games, Chrono Trigger, Silent Hill Origins and Wolfenstein. Head to CaneandRince.com for the full schedule, the blog and links to our merchandise stall, Facebook, Google Plus and YouTube. We also have a second podcast called Sound of Play where we talk about all our favourite video game music. Please subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps us out. So, joining me, Joshua Garrity, in this issue, Carl Moon. Hey, guys. And Sean O'Brien. Hello, hello. Before we get on to uh, Silent Hill for The Room, I need to issue a massive spoiler warning for this uh, podcast. But judging by the listener correspondence, uh, it doesn't look like a lot of people have played Silent Hill 4 The Room. And so many of you listening right now uh, are probably just listening because you you know, you know, can't be bothered to play the game or what have you. I, I mean, I don't know what to say. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I think you should listen to the podcast regardless, to be honest. Um, I, I am going to give this spoiler warning because we are going to go... There's a lot of stuff to be spoiled in this game. And it'd be a shame if you wanted to play this game and that stuff was spoiled. But uh, g- given the reaction we got when we asked for free word reviews and, uh, and uh, opinions on the forum, I'm just going to assume most of you are going to go into this podcast without playing the game, which is fine. Maybe listening to us talk about the story will encourage you to give Silent Hill 4 a go. So, uh, Silent Hill 4 was uh, developed by Konami Computer Entertainment Tokyo. Um, this team is... is the this team is Team Silent. This is the last of the Team Silent games. Producer Akira Yamaoka, director Shigeru Murakoshi. Um, yeah, th- this this is this is the Team Silent we know and love. Yet for some reason, this game had uh, quite an interesting reaction. Um, first of all, I want to talk about uh, a rumor that's circ- that was circulated so much about this game mm. that a lot of people just accepted it as fact without doing any further research. Um, and, and I've seen it in articles uh, all over the internet. Even people mm. as um, revered as Jim Sterling have slipped into uh, uh, believing this rumor was in uh, was in fact the truth. Uh, even our own Leon Cox believed for the longest time that this rumor was true. Um, the rumor is that Silent Hill Four was originally uh, an original IP and then was turned into a Silent Hill game mm-hmm. at a later date. Uh, this isn't true. Um, Silent Hill 4 was always intended to be a Silent Hill game. Now, the source I'm getting that from is an interview uh, by videogamesdaily.com with um, uh, Akira Yamaoka and um, uh, the art, the lead artist on the game. Um, so this inf- this information comes straight from the creative team's mouth. So 
I don't know how much more legit you can get than that. So, uh, unfortunately, sorry, everyone, <laughs> but this this uh, this myth has been debunked now. Yeah. Like that that's that's not true. Yeah. Uh, it's a great it's a great story, and I I, <laughs> I totally understand why um, people yeah. believe that. Having played the game, like I can totally understand how people could feel like. This wasn't intended to be a Silent Hill game. Um, so many, so much of this game is so different from what you know fans have come to expect and and mm-hmm. everything like that. Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's entirely different. Like it's yeah. even from like the UI to the movement to the location. It doesn't even take place in Silent Hill. <laughs> like, yeah, it feels like it. It really does feel like it was a totally opposite game, and they just kind of said, "Well, we have Silent Hill," and that's kind of popular so let's slap the name on there there's barely yeah. any references to silent hill or yeah, direct yeah. references rather uh, yeah the, yeah uh, abs- like yeah absolutely even even the the references there are to the mm. uh the past games feel like references that could have been crammed in at the last yeah. minute for yeah. example uh so the story um uh you play a character called Henry who's trapped in a room and, and the story kind of revolves around this character called Walter who actually is ref- uh, mm. appears in an article uh, that you can find in Silent Hill 2. So um, a character in this game is a newspaper article in Silent Hill 2. And, and I can understand how people could think, well, that's really reaching. Like, yeah, they had yeah. this serial killer character all set up, and then last minute they changed his name. So yeah. it kind yeah. of forcibly linked in with the rest of the series. But no, apparently that was the intention right mm. from the word go. Um, so it was released... In uh, Japan first, obviously, um, uh, June 17th, 2004, uh, 2004, on both the PS2 and Xbox. Uh, Then later in the American territory, uh, September 7th. And then uh, lastly in Europe, uh, September 17th. Not a huge gap, uh, Mm. but uh, still there. Uh, And then also it was released on PC September 9th in uh, the US and then September 24th uh, in Europe. So, histories, guys. I'm going to start with Carl. Yeah, I've mentioned numerous times on the show before that in the early 2000s I was very much a PC gamer. um, And when it got a PC release I was, you know, very happy for it. I was obviously a big fan of the previous titles. So I grabbed it on the PC and started it on that it was weird it never i had that mixed thing where it didn't immediately feel like a silent hill game which you know i'm Mm. sure we'll talk about again and again throughout this show but also it didn't actually feel that right on the pc because i I felt the same way playing silent hill 2 on there it just there was something that really alienated me from that game and it Mm. sort of put me off for 10 years but i did Mm. play it at launch um on around launch at least on the on the pc Sure. Yeah, once again, my memory's a bit hazy on when I first played it, but I uh, played it on Xbox, I know that much, because I still have the copy. Um, So it's at least a 10-year-old copy of the game. Um, But I've only played it a couple times, like, certainly not as many times as I've played uh, 2 and 3. I'd venture to say maybe, like, three times altogether, including this time, having played it for the show. Um, But yeah, only played it a couple times and on Xbox. Yeah, so 
this was the first time I uh, played the game, playing it for this show. Um, I I went into this game knowing almost nothing about it, apart from that mm. rumour that I later found out was completely false. Um, so I didn't have many expectations going into Silent Hill, uh, Hill 4, unlike uh, previous entries in the series, like Silent Hill 2, which mm. so many people talk about, um, you know, all the time. Like, it's a classic, so it's, it's pretty hard to avoid yeah. uh, the conversation around that game. So I knew quite a lot about Silent Hill 2 going into that game. But Silent Hill 4... Um, I knew it had a reputation as being like the beginning of the decline of the series. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But apart from that, I didn't know anything about the story. I didn't know anything about the changes in mechanics. So uh, this was a bit of a surprise for me, um, both positive and negative. <laughs> uh, so, But uh, let's get into those surprises, those changes. Um uh, there are a, a lot of things different uh, between uh, Silent Hill 4 and the previous entries in the series. Uh, I mean, the first thing that struck me when loading up the game and, and playing it for a bit, um, and this is more comparing Silent Hill 3 to Silent Hill 4, is that this felt like a visual downgrade, uh, just technically and in terms of art direction. Um, I, me and you, Sean, uh, we were talking about the character models and the environments mm-hmm. in Silent yeah. Hill 3 and how, although slightly dated, they still hold up today, mm-hmm. um, especially with the HD version, but as flawed as that HD version is. Sure, but yeah. like that, that game could come out now and I would still think it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like that game looks aesthetically really great. Whereas this game, it doesn't look ugly it just feels like any other ps2 game i've Mm. played Mm -hmm. um just the environments feel very um gray and brown there's not there's not the same imagination that i uh i came to expect from the series i don't know if you guys felt the same yeah well i I was actually still kind of impressed with the the look of the apartment like i think it's it's pretty decent looking you know textures and stuff like that um but yeah, otherwise, like character models, and especially in the enemy design, I think it's a big yeah. step down from uh, the previous entries. Even from like one, like I, I like some of the designs more in that than in this one. But uh, yeah, generally, it's 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 not. Yeah, as you said, it's not a bad looking game, but it's not really impressive in really any way visually. <laughs> no, I mean it doesn't have a spectacular character like pyramid head who's always sure, going to be remembered yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so straight away that's a strike against the game but personally i actually quite liked the look of the world i think it actually holds up really quite well um, okay. i think visually it looks pretty darn decent given that you know perhaps you have been tainted by the hd releases of two and three which you know whilst frankly quite horrific um, <laughs> yeah. in in terms of the quality and and bugs do improve the graphics over the original PS2 release. This, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Silent Hill 4, one thing it did actually get praised for at launch were the visuals. Yeah. Um, not so much the audio, but certainly the visuals. And I think playing through it now, given, you know, it, it's a decade old, mm-hmm. I've played yeah. games that maybe look worse uh, that have sure, been released yeah. since. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's yeah. not overly spectacular. And, of course, in, in terms of the environments, we see the same old places from from previous Silent Hill games you know you've got 
the the hospital is always a given. You've got a prison, so you've you've got that sort of reference point. Mm-hmm. Um, it it does sort of change on them slightly, but overall. I actually quite enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. they clearly took an intentional departure from Silent Hill 2 and 3 in more ways than than just <laughs> visually. Yeah. Um, and that's probably quite brave, but it was certainly an intentional move. They they admit so much in the development team. You know, they, they said they could have just banged out another Silent Hill game um, on on the back of the success of 2 and 3, and obviously the, the first one as well, but uh, 2 and 3 in particular. But what they, they decided that what's the point in... You know, just following on from that, be brave, make the change, um, and and they did, and I think that's another reason why you know you have that rumor that it wasn't a Silent Hill game all along, or you know you hear these rumors it started as uh, Room Three or Two, and then it later got the Silent Hill tag put onto mm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, the, the 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 funniest rumor I ever heard regarding it not being a Silent Hill game is it can't be a Silent Hill game because they took, stuck a subtitle on it. <laughs> you know, it, it, if right, it was just yeah. Silent Hill Four, it would have just been called Silent Hill Four. But it's the room. You know, they totally ignore the fact that you got Homecoming, Origins, Downpour, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Shattered Memories yeah. since. But you know, it felt, at least visually, as soon as you're playing from the third person perspective. Obviously, yeah, that's something else we'll talk about. That as soon as it gets to that third person world, it does start to look and feel like a Silent Hill title. Yeah. I mean, uh, regarding the rumours, I think given the the the, the evidence I've seen, I, I could believe this started out as a Silent Hill spin-off game mm-hmm. rather yeah. than um, a, a, number, a numbered sequel, as it turned out to be. But um, I, I think when I, when I talk about the visuals, Carl, I, I, I'm not saying they're terrible. It's more that I've, I think coming off of free, and the last time I played it as well, I did play it on the PS2. So, uh, like, so I, 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 yeah. it, it wasn't an unfair comparison with the HD version. Um, I, I just think free free's visuals are so imaginative, and and there were a lot of decisions in terms of the monster designs, mm-hmm. and and just Heather herself as a yeah. as a protagonist is just visually. Uh, more memorable than Henry, yeah. <laughs> who, as far as I'm concerned, is just one of the blandest protagonists just, in any video the, game I've played. He's the absolute vanilla of characters. Um, <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying. You know, in terms of visual yeah. fidelity, I think it looks quite good. But in terms of it, it it's completely memorable. It's, you know, it's, it's lacking Silent the... Hill, what, two yeah. and three are absolutely spectacular. You remember so many different yeah. things about it, mm-hmm. especially the character design, you know, obviously Pyramid, Pyramid Head especially. But, you know, you remember James and you remember Heather and you mm-hmm. remember you know, all these characters. And in this, I've completed it again recently and I can maybe recall four off the top of my head without doing any research. It's just that everything was very... Ordinary in its design, yeah. as if as if it was intentionally meant to be. Everyone's like the everyman in this. It's it's silly, it, which is really interesting because, yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Carl. In terms of aesthetic, it it, it all seems very ordinary for a Silent Hill game. Mm-hmm. But if yeah. when we get onto the narrative, <laughs> yeah. suddenly that's a very different case. Um, I, I, I well, you, we've brought up uh, Henry, and I I feel like now is as good as any as any time to focus on him um so uh 
Henry Townsend is the protagonist of this game, and the setup of the story is that you are trapped in this room. There's a bunch of uh, chains and locks covering your front door. You can't escape your apartment no matter what you do, but you uh, find a hole in your bathroom, and you go through it and... uh, go into these nightmare dimensions where you witness these horrible murders Mm -hmm. but let's talk about Henry himself for a little bit Uh, I've already kind of slightly expressed my opinion on him (laughs) by saying he's one of the blandest characters um, I've ever had the pleasure of controlling but he really is like just I think one one of our correspondents describe him as like Captain Captain Apathy at some point later on, or just every every major story beat, every horrible moment that occurs in this game, he approaches as if like he's looking for a lost sock <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Like he, he just he's completely passionless vocal performance mm-hmm. by the actor who plays him and I yeah I, I just have no attachment to this guy whatsoever. I mean it, he's actually described in the booklet as a man uh, a young man who never lets his feelings show. <laughs> yeah, well, but... I, I wonder if that's retconning <laughs> at this point. I want my lead to let his feelings show. <laughs> yeah. I, I I think I think whoever <laughs> Whoever wrote the script and and the actor who played Henry, I, I think, you know, that like there's not showing your feelings, and then there's just being a robot, mm. which is what Henry was. Like, I mean, I, I've already mentioned this uh, outside of the recording, but there's a moment where Henry walks into a room where where this uh, this woman has been brutally murdered, and she's I mean, bloody all over. Like, mm. she's Every clearly wall she's is clearly in blood. Yeah, she's clearly inches away from death, mm-hmm. and he just goes, "Are you okay? Are you, are you, are you fine?" Like, what? What is wrong with you? And <laughs> at a certain point, because he was so passionless, yeah. and and I knew next to nothing about the plot to this game, I was convinced that there was going to be a plot reveal that Henry was the person who was murdering all these, mm, yeah. all these people because. Yeah, like it was t- given his reaction to everyone's death in this game. I like him being a psychopath was almost like a, a perfectly <laughs> reasonable yeah. conclusion to draw. But no, he's just boring. Yeah, that's that's and his completely unfazed. I mean, yeah. at, at one point he actually watches he watches a person get electrocuted and another man burn alive. Yeah, and he just sort of stands there in oh, an no. oh well sort of. Oh. It's so bad. The closest, <laughs> the closest we get to any like upbeat emotion from him is uh, when he's. If you look through the keyhole, a certain or the, the door hole at certain points, and there's someone out there, and he'll be hitting the door, and he goes, "Help me, help me, let me out of here! I can't get out of here! Help me!" Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, he's he's bland. Like every single piece of his design is bland like from the way he looks to his yeah. voice acting to his scripts to to literally everything about him it's just such a such a huge step down from heather who is arguably like the most uh exciting main character of the series so yeah man and, and you know it, it's interesting because obviously as josh said you you almost expect something to come of his character and you think well yeah. this is an intentional decision because they're really going to do something at the end of the game because we don't know really what he does we know he takes some photographs 
yeah. because they're on his wall. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much it. Mm. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's all we know is that sometimes he takes... Yeah. We don't know if he's a professional he photographer. We, yeah, <laughs> well, does he? It's unopened. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's just... As, as far as characters go, I really did not like him. Because no. the game didn't give me any reason to. And when you're sort of stuck playing a game for so many hours with a character that you don't really like... I mean, I don't mind playing a game where you're intentionally not sure, meant to like yeah, someone. Yeah. But this is this is a protagonist that you're at least supposed to have some bond with or some care for. Mm-hmm. And it's unusual because, you know, whilst voice acting isn't always the strongest in the Silent Hill games, to say the least, mm-hmm. they've usually had at least some element of the the protagonist has, has yeah. held interest to the player yeah. but yeah. Not, not Henry yeah I mean I, I don't think the voice acting in Silent Hill 2 was great like in fact at some points it was pretty bad but I connected with James like I I I I, I was engaged in his story and, and what was going on but with Henry like just I, I, he, you could remove him from the plot of this game, and I couldn't care less. Like, do you know, just he, his, his only purpose really is to kind of discover the the narrative of more mm. interesting characters, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, the one of the unique things about this game um, is that it has a hub world in the form of uh, Henry's room, uh, room 302. Um, And uh, what's fascinating is that these sections are in first person. And that was really interesting for me coming off of uh, PT last year, Mm -hmm. because I I, I was wondering whether the creators of um, Silent Hill's uh, the the designers behind Silent Hills and and PT yeah. had looked at what Silent Hill Four was going for and thought, okay, there are some ideas mm-hmm. here that are worth salvaging. Um, I don't know if anyone else got that vibe. Yeah, but, totally. Th- there were a lot of things in Silent Hill Four that I I recognised in PT. Just some some you know slow burn scares. Mm-hmm. Like for example, um, there's a little. Uh, hole where you can view uh, the apartment next door where Eileen lives who's a character we'll, we'll go into detail with her later on but um, there's this bunny that sits yeah. <laughs> on her bed and it's just slumped over for most of the game and 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 all the while you're thinking that bunny is going to do something <laughs> yeah. later on. Yeah. He's going to do something really creepy, and of course he does. Like he he looks straight at you and points yeah. at you, and he doesn't do much more than that. But like that's that's a really you know a clever drawn out slow mm. burn scare. Um, that that was you know that's the kind of stuff that I I saw in PT yeah. when, when I was playing it and. Yeah, I, I, it was interesting to realise that Silent Hill 4 is maybe uh, more influential than uh, people give it credit for. And of course, it's also a nice reference to um, Silent Hill 3, because it's Robbie the Rabbit, isn't oh, he? Yeah. He's the right, mascot. Right, right, yeah, 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 it's the, the same, same one. Yeah. Back to, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, there's, there are quite a few similarities. Um, you, halfway through the game, your room becomes possessed with ghosts, and you get the... Yeah. 
the lack uh, the unease of someone being behind you uh, at times mm-hmm. um where they're not necessarily the case again that that reminded me of pt obviously the first person view um and the fact that you're actually in somewhere that's relatively normal in in the in the same yeah. pt so there are, there are similarities having gone back to silent hill 4 after pt uh, obviously it it, it lacks the, the spectacle of the, the, the incredible graphics and, and the sound and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's certainly a, a certain base. Yeah. But unlike PT, I didn't find Silent Hill 4 in any way unsettling um, as an overall mm. product. But, you know, you, if you go around and read the, the comments on the internet, Silent Hill 4 is perhaps the most interesting one to read up on about because some people swear it's the scariest of all the Silent Hill games. Other ones... Huh. Other people will say it's the best of the Silent Hill games. Other ones will say it's the worst. You know, at, at least when people talk about the other, the, the first three Silent Hill games, at least, it's pretty unanimous consensus. praise. Yeah. yeah, whereas this one is back and forth, which makes it really interesting to discuss. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's weird because it does seem, with the games that we've had since in the Silent Hill series, perhaps with the exception of Homecoming, um, that yeah. it just didn't know where... It, was meant to be or where it was going. You know, the first three mm-hmm. led into a, like a, a natural trilogy. This one takes elements from all the other games. You know, you've got um, Joseph Schreiber, who was in the apartment before you, wrote an article in Silent Hill 3 in a magazine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it uses all these reference markers and almost loses a sense of its own identity, which is a shame because in terms of actual core story writing, it's maybe the boldest in, in what it tries. Oh, absolutely! Mm-hmm. I, I think the 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 narrative is fascinating. I think the problem here with uh, Silent Hill Four is execution, yeah, and just the clarity of vision. Uh, the the thing that makes Silent Hill Two so great is that it has a purity of focus mm-hmm. that none of the other entries in the series have. Um, I, I mean, I really like Silent Hill Three, but the narrative is not its strongest sure, uh, yeah. component. Yeah. Uh, but here, Silent Hill 4 has the building blocks mm-hmm. of something really interesting. And what's unfortunate is that in a lot of ways it fails to capitalize on that stuff, um, which uh, I'm sure we'll get onto um, as we go along. I, I, I just want to bring us back to the room again because so much interesting stuff happens here um so this location is where you save uh store items there are like story beats you can look out uh uh, look out of your room and and see uh, what people are doing and so forth and so on but um carl you brought up the hauntings um earlier and i really love that idea yeah Um, brilliant because it's introduced about um, halfway through the game. Um, up until that point, you've treated this room as like your your safe space. Yes. You come in here. It's it's kind of like a save room in, in uh, Resident Evil 4 or something like that. It's a space where if you're here, nothing's going to harm you. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the room even, uh, when you return to it, even restores your health. So you kind of come back to it on a regular basis to try and uh, recover your health and so forth and so forth, uh, so forth and so on, and uh, try to... Uh, you know keep uh, health items stored up but later on um 
all sorts of weird stuff starts <laughs> happening. Um, I think it's the clock that uh, was possessed first for me. Mm. And yeah. what basically happens is um, if you get near possessed items, they start draining your health. So suddenly this environment that was so safe and secure is now being invaded by forces that <laughs> desperately want to kill you. And it creates this tension of you know never being safe that even in the place that you thought was home that you thought okay once i'm here i'm fine you're not you're not fine because you have to worry about you know babies coming out of the world that's the worst one yeah that's the worst one and and then like later on there are several guys that crawl out of the wall (laughs) blood-soaked wall it's i love the idea because it, it it just plays on um, what we've come to expect from game design. Mm. We we all come to expect now that there's going to be a safe space, and Silent Hill Four rips that away yeah. from you. And I think it's that, genius. That was obviously the, the the main core design is is the stated yeah. that where is supposed to be safer than your own personal safe space, which yeah. is the room that you're in. And when that becomes somewhere where you are perhaps a, a, a real victim then that becomes quite unsettling. And every time you return to the room, you return to the bedroom. Now, what's interesting is for half the game, as you mentioned, Josh, it's not an issue. But the actual, there is only one place that you can save in the entire game, and that (laughs) is in the living room. And that is the furthest possible area away from where you come into the area. Mm -hmm. So you you spawn in the bedroom, you leave it, you go down the corridor, and you go into the far corner of the living room where you can save. But when this is getting overrun by ghosts... You're sort of yeah. forced to do it quickly because if one gets you from behind, it's game over. Like, uh, yeah. it will just kill you immediately from behind. And you've also got your chest where you can keep any items that you can't actually fit in your inventory. And again, these enemies come from behind you, and the screen will start going red and shaking, and you'll hear the sound as you're sort of quickly trying to get your items out of your chest, and of course, at the period that you're in it, you're relatively safe, but when you come back out, you're not entirely sure where they are. You don't want to look behind you because that's going to slow you down again. That's something mm-hmm. that PT played on, and you sort of rush back out into the hole because it's almost safer to get back into the other world or across through through the uh, the, the portal yeah, than it is yeah. to sort of be in that room at that moment in time, which is really, really clever because, as you said, for half the game, that's the case. And it just gets mm. worse and worse. And of course, you can keep these enemies at bay by where by laying down holy candles, which will, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, which will will kill the spirits briefly. Um, or you can wear the 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 necklace, um, the pendant. medallion. Yeah, yeah the medallion yeah. that that again it'll break. And I was actually wearing one the first time I went back into my room, and the clock was haunted, and then it like cracked and exploded because <laughs> it will take damage, and then when it explodes, the the spirit goes. And I I was looking at the clock as it was spinning quickly, and then it exploded, and that sort of surprised me because I wasn't expecting it. Mm. But yeah. you you can sort of get temporary respite in that room by bringing stuff across, but again, they're not exactly common items. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm glad that that option is there because at a certain point, like that room becomes there's damage coming at you Everywhere. from every <laughs> angle at a certain point. So I'm glad that you can use holy candles and those uh, medallions to protect you. Um, yeah, it, it was just a clever idea, but unfortunately, 
the room also comes with uh, my biggest one of my biggest annoyances with the game is the way that it handles saving mm. every time you want to save you have to come back to this room and i i thought it was cool you know the first few times yeah. i did it, it was like oh okay the like this is a nightmare so i in order to record my progress i have to wake up from the nightmare and and save but you have to do it every single time and and this game isn't easy so you want to save you know regularly and just having to go through that animation skip the cutscene of you waking yeah. <laughs> up and walk all the way to the save point and then go all the way back to the the, the hole again and go back to the world and what skip that animation it's just it's a whole lot of wasted time mm-hmm. that i would have rather you know I would have rather it handled uh, saving the way Silent Hill 2 and Silent Hill 3 did, where there was just a big red piece of paper on the wall and I just click save and yeah. I'm ready to go. Um, yeah, it's it was an interesting idea, but ultimately I don't think it served the game very well. So, uh, the worlds that you enter um, uh, through the hole in uh, Henry's room. So... There are quite a few. Uh, the first one is the subway. Then you go to the forest. Then they start to get a bit crazier from there <laughs> on in. Uh, a water prison. This building with weird chimpanzee cr- bear creatures that are leaping around. Uh, then you go into a nightmare version of your own apartment. And, of course... There is a hospital because it's a Silent Hill game, so there can't not be a hospital at some point. Um, any uh, any specific uh, memories of these areas? Anything stand out for you guys? Yeah, I absolutely loved the hospital in this. Um, really? Yeah, huh. yeah. I absolutely okay. loved it, and uh, because there's there's one area where you have you you essentially you're looking for uh, an item that's hanging off a stone snake statue hmm. not for any particular reason is it a snake but you know it, it's in there and there's 22 doors and they're random and you check every room and some of those rooms have some really quite bizarre things in it from a yeah. body hung <laughs> yeah. behind some glass and a sheet draped over it to a massive version of Eileen's head where the eyes track you around the room which is kind of creepy but looks awesome um, and you've got possessed wheelchairs trying to run you over which yeah. aren't as awkward as you'd expect, which obviously makes it a little nicer because they're easy to avoid um, and they don't yeah. in on you, they just sort of go up and down the corridor. And I just loved the whole pacing of that area. I thought that was, in, in terms of genuine pacing, that bit worked out better than a lot of the others. Hmm. I, I'd, I'd have to disagree about the hospital because, I mean, I like the visuals that you talked about, like the huge head and the body behind the drapes. Yeah. But it kind of felt to me like they had all these great ideas of like visual, just visual imagery and they didn't know how to make a world out of it. So they just put a corridor with 20 rooms. You just walk in and you'll see one. Like it just kind of felt not lazy, but like just a little slapdash and like we had these great ideas. We'll just like throw them in the air all all at once. And so, but, but again, the things you see in those rooms are great. It's just that, and the wheelchairs to me kind of, felt a little silly, like just going up and down, up and down. Like the the wheelchair felt silly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean 
I, I uh, talking about the wheelchairs. Um, I, I think there were several occasions where the horror of the monsters was undermined by poor design. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, the big thing for me is what happens if you manage to kill or you know knock unconscious an enemy on the stairs. Oh uh, God! I yeah. don't know the if patience. you got this pitch. Yeah, yeah the yeah. patience. Um, yeah. So uh, they. Uh, oh uh, God. Yeah, and and also like the patients, but make a burping yeah. noise. When, <laughs> hit them in like, the burp. Yeah, it's just. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, you the, hit them with an axe. And they yeah, burp. and the, it's it's really clunky, yeah. and and it, there are some scary enemies in this game, but like it, like the ghosts, I think are terrifying, mm. um, and I, I think we need to talk in detail about the ghosts because I think they're the most unique thing about this game. Mm. Um, is the ghosts are essentially immortal? Uh, you can't really kill them unless uh, you have specific conditions, such as having uh, items like the. Uh, the candle and the uh, talisman and um, silver bullets, yeah. which there Sword are very obedience. few of yeah. scattered throughout the game. I think there's two in the entirety of the game for the silver mm. bullets. Really? Yeah. God. But um, you also have the swords of obedience, which there are four, um, which basically uh, what, what happens with those is if you manage to knock a ghost to the floor, you can trap them there by sticking a sword through them. Um, but you want to save those swords for ghosts that appear later on. Because mm. for each of these worlds, um, the subway, forest, water prison, and the building area, uh, not the apartment and the hospital, they have uh, unique story significance. But in the, fourth, uh, the first four areas, um, you witness the uh, murders of... Uh, uh, several characters at the hands of Walter Sullivan, who is uh, the serial killer and uh, primary antagonist of this game. But later on, uh, because you return to these worlds uh, halfway through the game, they all of these murder victims come back as ghosts. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, um, if you don't manage to uh, put uh, place a sword of obedience through them and pin them to the floor the f when you encounter them. They'll actually come back as recurring enemies throughout the game, mm -hmm. um, which I, I thought was a, a really smart and clever move. Yeah. I, I think that's a really interesting little piece of uh, mechanics interacting with storytelling, um, having, having to, you know, deal with these guys straight away so that you don't have to encounter them later on. Um, that was really clever. Um, th there are lots. I, I, I think there are lots of great ideas in terms of the in terms of handling enemies in this game. I think it was very smart of them to almost entirely remove boss battles from yeah. this game. Um, mm. I, I actually saw it as a complaint in some reviews yeah. that I saw, but you know. The boss fights have hardly been the highlight of the series so far. Mm. And the one boss fight that is in this game, the final boss fight, I thought at least was inventive, if if not, you know, a great fight in of itself. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know if there were any other unique enemy encounters that you guys thought were a standout. I mean, obviously, the, the the main four characters... That you, well, there's five characters that you sort of constantly see that are chasing you. You've got Cynthia... Yeah. In the in the subway, you've got uh, yeah. Jasper at, at the orphanage. You've got Andrew um, in the prison, 
and you've got Richard at the apartments. Um, and they're the ones that you can sort of take down. That's obviously the, the ones that the four swords are ideally for. Mm. Yeah. Now, I fought Cynthia because you have to. You're, yeah. you're essentially yes. forced into that in, in sort of a semi-battle, like which is a strange spaces. battle because you fight her at the subway for a period of time and then she starts swimming the, pier, swimming the, the floor, which is kind of <laughs> weird. And then when you finally finish it, you put the sword in it and she shrieks there for the rest of the game mm-hmm. <laughs> for every time you come back. And then I ignored Jasper. And when it came to Andrew, I actually had the silver bullet. Yeah. And right, because yeah. he was starting to annoy me in the corridor, I just shot him with a silver bullet and immediately <laughs> stuck the sword through and I was like, well, you're done. <laughs> and then, obviously, with Richard, I just ignored him because he's the one you see the least. Yeah. And, obviously, on top of that, you have Walter, who you can't stop because that would make yeah. the ending of the game really kind of underwhelming <laughs> if you sort of stopped him a couple of hours earlier. Um, and and these, are, these are all victims of the 21 sacraments that he's trying to commit as part yeah, of the, right. the, the main core of the storyline. Um and obviously there are other victims. You've got the twins, which were killed and referenced again in, in Silent Hill 2. Um, they're the twin head that are repeated throughout the world and, and, and so forth. But, you know, that brings up one of the points that I didn't like about the game is that every character is supposed to have a reason for being chosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Each one makes up an element of the final, being the final spirit that's been you know, sort of uh, top, the part of the occult rituals taught by the order. Yeah, yeah. And we know that you're the twenty first. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you're, you're there because you're wise, and Eileen's there because um, she's motherly. And you get memos throughout the game, and then one of them references all the people, and they've, they've all been chosen for a reason because um, you got the caretaker um, Frank, who was chosen because he watches over people. But then there's just a bunch of names that are just sort of dotted on there with no reasoning whatsoever, and that sort of lost it a bit for me because it seems really clever when everyone has a purpose, Mm -hmm. but when literally half of the the 19 sacraments that that have happened, half of those don't seem to have any reason at all, which sort of starts to fall apart story-wise there for me, which is a shame because the rest of it's really strong. And, of course... I would have liked more on Frank, who is like a key character because you see him coming past your room, and obviously his surname is Sunderland. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Well, so he's meant to he's be James's father. Like I he think that's is actually James's Kane, father. Kane, yeah. yeah. And it's just like there are certain elements of these characters you want to know more about, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. I guess, more damning again of Henry that you don't really want to know anything more <laughs> about him. Um, and you've got the the primary. For of, of Cynthia, Jasper, Andrew, and Richard, who again all have reasons, they're all really clear uh, when you read all the memos, and it's really interesting how it all entwines. But then half of them are just like names on a sheet, and that was a bit of a shame. Yeah, I mean, ca- characterization is one of my biggest problems with this game. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I really got to know anyone aside from possibly Walter Sullivan. Mm-hmm. But uh, even his motivations feel quite confused to me. I, I, I still, at the end of the day, was not a hundred percent sure what was going. So, what? As Carl has already described, Walter Sullivan is trying to kill these people as part of the twenty-one sacrament. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. trying to he's yeah. trying to kill these people as part of a ritual. Um, but the ritual, the goal of it, is to try and. Uh, 
resurrect his mum or purify the room which he thinks is his mum. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a hundred percent clear what was no. going on there. <laughs> well, I think um, the idea is that they order uh, when he was uh, raised in the orphanage that the, that's overrun by the order is that they were the ones who brainwashed him in, uh, for some reason into thinking that the apartment is his mother. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. he spends the rest of his life trying to resurrect his mom because he misses her. So uh, that's the, I think, overall yeah. arching plotline for him. Yeah, yeah and, and he's split, of course, is that you yeah, see Walter Sullivan, yeah. the kid who is genuinely kind and caring. Mm-hmm. You know, he saves, he's trying to save these people um, because he just wants to find his mother. Right. And then you've got the older version <laughs> of him who is essentially just a killing machine who has gone beyond just wanting to see his mother again yeah. to having yeah. a reason. He's sort of bent the scriptures that have been taught by the Order to his own will. He wants to bring this, essentially, beast back, who we can only assume is the actual Walter Sullivan in that room, mm-hmm. um, who is the bonding of himself um, and his mother uh, and, and the spirit to sort of come forth. And again, it's not overly clear as to what it all is, but that seems what it seems because... To begin with, he, uh, Walter performed the ritual of the Holy Assumption, which was the first ten. Mm-hmm. He then killed himself as the eleventh right. victim through suicide, which sort of allows him to split between these worlds and his own I- imagination and his own being and presence can push it on the world, which is why he's got a bond with Room 302, which is why you can't get in. He's got a hold over it because that is uh, where he believed he was led to believe that the room itself was his mother rather than mm-hmm. any particular person because he never met his parents. And the only person that actually cared for him was Frank Sunderland, the the, caretaker, the superintendent of the place, because the kids used to travel back from the orphanage. Sometimes he'd walk, sometimes he'd get the train um, to try and get a look into room 302 to essentially be with his mother. Mm-hmm. Isn't, isn't it suggested that he had some kind of relationship with his father... Because there's this uh, note that you pick up where, like, it, it says his father and then the devil, as if he, you know, I don't really have a positive relationship with my dad, guys. <laughs> um, but um, and and also the guy, the guy you see chained up in the the second time you come to the apartment world. Yeah, um, isn't that meant to be his dad? That's there the were impression, lot... but I'm not sure he ever met his father. I think he just right. blames his father for his relationship with his mother. And you meet him six times in the apartment, and each one blows a lock off of Frank Sunderland's room, which you go into, and then you know uh, get the umbilical you, cord. You take, yeah, you take the umbilical cord. This is all. This, all this is yeah. kind of like why. Well, it's it's why I'm okay with it being called Silent Hill because if you think of like the other, or at least two and three, like S- Silent Hill two, the Silent Hill there is James's Silent Hill, and Silent Hill yeah. three is is a much lesser version of that, but it is technically like Heather's world turned upside down, and in this one, it's kind of like you're Henry, you're the protagonist, but it it really feels like Silent Hill four is more Walter's story. And yeah, so it it's like his world, like all these p- locations are his locations that he knew. And I almost kind yeah, of feel yeah. like if we were playing this, I, I would like to actually play it from Walter's point of view in the way that like the four people that you see murdered in this would be like boss battles in a way, <laughs> kind of like that, yeah. that That would be like the four different levels. And, you know, ultimately, they all ultimately end with him killing these people. So it, yeah. I, I kind of, 
I'm okay with it being called Silent Hill because it feels like it's it, it's his story rather than your story. So it's interesting. Yeah, uh, I mean that, that's definitely the case. Is that the antagonist is a much stronger character, yeah, or at least much more interesting, yeah. um, uh, than than the actual protagonist. For, yeah. for that reason, he's got much more going in it. He's got a connection with that world, whereas, like yeah. you say, we know that that Henry maybe takes photographs for a living. <laughs> yeah, and that and that's a major issue for me in this game. Yeah, for sure, is that you go to these uh, locations that are really significant for a character who's not even there yeah. at that time. <laughs> yeah, like the the water prison, I, I think, stands out for me in that regard because. You know that um, Walter was raised there as a small kid or or at least spent a significant amount of time there as a kid. And, like, yeah, it just it has all this, like, narrative value, but it's Henry seeing it all. And it just any kind of, like, you know, characterization that you could have done in this area is missing mm-hmm. because it's boring old Henry exploring <laughs> yeah. and... I I kind of I kind of would like to see the version of this game where you are Walter yeah. and you you're playing the killer because I think ultimately it would have been more fascinating. Mm-hmm. In fact, my own brain was creating that <laughs> yeah. narrative yeah. by saying Henry, Henry's the killer, isn't he? Henry's the killer. <laughs> um so yeah, a lot of missed potential there. I mean, um, something that I know that we've mentioned several times, um, Josh, on this show is that we yeah. like the world to tell us a story. Mm, you yeah. know, we like we like to be a part of this world, look at it, and be able to know exactly why we're there and for what reason. Um, you know, games like Left for Dead have done it with the writings on the wall, and, and obviously Half Life and so forth. And this game has the potential to do it in those environments, but mm-hmm. because they don't belong to Henry. They don't actually mean a whole lot. So yeah. instead, yeah. all the information is told through the memos, and right. then you yeah. later relate it to the world that you've seen. And you're like, oh yeah, I could sort of understand that, but it, there's no sense of everything coming together and, and the mm, world yeah. telling the story. You know, obviously, something like Dead Souls, uh, Dead Souls, Dark Souls, and, and Demon Souls do that do that wonderfully. You know, it's got whole mm. laws written about how. Mm everything appears in that world and how everything's there for a reason. And whilst I'm sure that is the case, the the, the simple connection is that there just isn't one between your protagonist. Yeah. It is there from the antagonist. And for that reason, you probably should be playing the game from the antagonist's point of view. Yeah. It's really bizarre because in other Silent Hill games we've had, you know, I used to come here as a child. I used to come right, here yeah. with my wife. Um, and And they have that connection with Silent Hill yeah. and their reference on it just nothing in here and that's probably the biggest shame because the potential was there for it to be really great in that regard Mm. oh absolutely like that's ultimately that's what i come away from silent hall uh silent hill uh, for thinking is that there are so many great ideas here there are so many great ideas here which is you know i mentioned before the the room sections kind of reminding me of pt i'm actually glad if that really is the case that the developers of pt and silent hills are actually looking at silent hill 4 for ideas i'm i'm really happy with that mm-hmm. because i think there are ideas here that in the right hands could be amazing yeah, yeah. um but just again execution 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 like it no matter how great your idea is if you can't deliver on it then it's not gonna Mm. it's not gonna land and um 
Yeah, it, it, it's just a, it's a real shame, and and there's some laziness in this game as well. It's not just missed potential. the 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 second half of this game yeah, reuses yeah. assets, yeah. and whereas the the puzzles in in you know the first time you meet uh, encounter these areas are quite interesting. Like the forest area, there's this uh, key that you can't carry and move between areas, so you have to return <laughs> to the room, mm-hmm. store it, and then come back again. That's, that was quite a clever little riddle yeah. puzzle. Um, but then the second time you come to the forest, it's a scavenger hunt. <laughs> and, and pretty much all of the puzzles in the second half of the game are scavenger hunts. And that that's really disappointing. And also, like I, I come away thinking... like. This game needed more time in the mm, oven. Mm-hmm. That's what it needed. Uh, or at least an editor brave enough to cut out all the stuff that was unnecessary. Because the second half of the game, it it, it doesn't feel as um, as vital as as the first half yeah. of the game. Um, the, the exception being the ghosts of the previous yeah. victims mm. chasing you. That's, that's a really neat idea. But apart from that, it just... It feels like I'm going through the insane environments again, just ticking off a checklist of items I need to collect. It's, and it also, it's pretty boring. It also doesn't help that the second half is also just an entire escort mission. Like, you have to keep carrying yeah. Eileen behind you at all times, who maybe has, like, her handbag as a weapon, which is kind of dumb. Yeah, which is kind of <laughs> weird. You can give yeah. her a handbag yeah. to fight people. Or, you know, there are, she can use other weapons that yeah. you can find sure, through. You yeah, know, like, yeah a like a riding yeah. prop. <laughs> yeah. uh, a chain and, and a nightstick and whatnot. But it's really really weird because you almost don't want to give her the weapon because if you don't give her a weapon she won't engage which means she won't get hurt mm, and ultimately yeah. her getting hurt throughout the game is how fast she'll try and kill herself at well walk to her death at the end in the yeah. end boss battle which is yeah. kind of weird and again you can temporarily take it off her with uh, holy candles um and and that's not never really explained and mm. it's it's a shame because you know the the second half of the game is an escort mission, and she walks yeah. way too slow. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it does do an interesting thing where if you leave a distance between her and go through a door, you will actually just leave her in that other yeah. area. Now, if that other area has no enemies in it, you're sort of you're laughing yeah. because then it's no longer an escort mission, and you can sort of, you know, yeah, get but- go away on your own. And I would try and find ways to try and create as much distance between me and her as possible, so that I didn't have to worry about her getting attacked in these areas. But yeah, but like at the same time, I I understand what you're saying. But like, there are areas where you have to bring her along. Yeah, and you're being chased by God knows what, and you're you're low on ammo. You really can't fight these enemies, and you're at the door. You're ready to go, and Eileen is just going. I'm just whipping this uh, bird creature <laughs> over here, and you're like, oh, come on, Eileen. I need. Yeah. We need to go. We need to get out of here, and she's dawdling along and she she kind of epitomize when people describe um you know escort missions being like the worst thing yeah. in video games i i eileen I, is like the epitome of it mm. like she she is everything that i hate about yeah. escort missions well that's um, the exact reason i took the weapon off her because i got sick of her trying to fight these enemies yeah you know I, i'm waiting by a door yeah. you can get one of these four ghosts or even walter chasing you with yeah. a gun that takes like half your health off <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a freaking chainsaw 
<laughs> and she's just like trying to hit this bee bat, <laughs> um, which are essentially bats that make buzzing like bees, because Silent Hill. And <laughs> it's like, just get here. We want to go. If we go through this door, he won't be here anymore. <laughs> just wailing on this thing. It's like, oh, right, come here. Take a handbag off her. Yeah. Which, which is another thing, is that any weapons that she uses stay in your, in your inventory. inventory. Uh, yeah. inventory yeah. And God. you can only hold ten things. Yeah. So, and yeah. the, in- the the inventory system in this game is terrible. Like, I, I'm sorry, but <laughs> having story-important inventory items, like keys and, mm-hmm. and everything like that, in the same inventory uh, inventory slots as weapons and ammo yeah. and all of that, it's just... It, it was so frustrating. And, like, there were certain points where... I, I my invent, inventory was full, and there was a story relevant item sitting there. I was at full health. I was fine, but I had to use one of my yeah. health items because <laughs> yeah. you can't just drop it. You can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also the way it handles ammo. I, I wish I could just combine yeah. two yeah. ammo sets that were empty, so I could just yeah. But you just can't let do me that. St- let me stack stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, and it'd be less of a problem. And then there's the area that you're on about the scavenger hunt at the orphanage where you essentially find five limbs mm-hmm. yeah. and stick it on a on a, a wheelchair which the guy's cut his legs and his arms and his head off I'm not entirely sure how he hid them and got back <laughs> and then that's kind of weird and then he's like and I'll show you the path which is right below his wheelchair which you can see just yeah. push his wheelchair off um, yeah. <laughs> and you have to carry five items so you need five slots except you also need the thing to light the torch, yeah, the torch to light to be able to look. So that's six, which leaves you with you know four slots, and then one of them's her handbag, which <laughs> leaves you with three slots, yeah. and then you know, uh, and it just becomes a, a a nightmare. So you end up trying to do everything in ones, and, and anything where you've got to go back and forth because you're essentially limited by your own inventory in through bad design, not through yeah. clever puzzle design. I've yeah. got a problem with, and. Eileen is a is another missed opportunity because I I really like the idea of you know protecting her in order to you know save her in yeah. the end essentially how, like how your in game actions kind of impact whether she survives or not mm. and but, you know but ultimately like almost every character in this game except for Walter. I didn't really get to know Eileen all that well. Yeah. I don't felt like I knew her as a character. There was no attachment there. Um, Other than spying on her. Yeah. <laughs> people. That, that's, that's really creepy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I feel the need to mention, and I don't want to go into a full-blown uh, debate about this, but uh, my girlfriend was watching me play uh, a Silent Hill 4, mm. And when I picked up the riding crop uh, for Eileen, uh, um, and it was just an Eileen exclusive weapon, she turned to me and said, "You know that's not okay, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like the yeah. fact that this riding crop is the only, only for weapon, women, like, yeah. yeah, only for women weapon, yeah." yeah. But um, yeah, it, it, it is that is that worse than a handbag? I, I, I mean, like the the kind of like it's a sexual item, yeah. so of course it's yeah. a woman's weapon. Yeah. Like that's this kind of just give her a gun. <laughs> well, you we can get you can get her a gun on the game. second play at least. You can. Oh right, I didn't know that. that yeah, that's good. On the, but, on the new game 
way where they always put hidden stuff in and whilst they sort of make it up by allowing you to give her a gun you, you can also get an even skimpier outfit oh, for great. Cynthia so right. you know for Cynthia right you can get a, right that's a bit creepy because she's dead like, <laughs> that's, yeah but in um, that one meeting where she puts the horrific accent on yeah. um, to try and emphasize the fact that she's Hispanic <laughs> um, she's got this ridiculously skimpy outfit on if if you unlock it you know it's, yeah. it's already she's already in this this sort of thing with a thong showing over the top as if that's not sexual enough what we need really need to do is really sexier up for the second <laughs> player Nah, it's just kind of weird but silent hill always has these strange yeah. sort of unlocks of people and you know it, it in some ways it's good you know i like the idea that you can give her a gun but why couldn't i give her a gun anyway yeah. I'll give her my gun. I didn't need it. I've got the rusty axe, which is better. And then the whole weapon system's flawed because you can pick up golf clubs which break on like five hits. Yeah. Mm. But a smashed glass bottle will last for forever. So yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I uh, the 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 combat is. I I I I I'm I have mixed feelings about hmm. it because in a lot of ways, I had the most fun in terms of just it being mechanically interesting mm-hmm. in this game compared to the other Silent Hill games. But there are occasions where it's just frustrating. Like, you just mentioned the the golf clubs that snap after, like, two or three uses. Um, but, like, the lack of ammo in this game really frustrated me. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was worse than any of the previous entries. Like, I, I at, towards the end of um, Silent Hill 3, I, I felt like I had a pretty significant stock of at least hand you know handgun a- uh, ammo but i i was always struggling uh, for ammo in silent hill 4 all the way through the thing is i never used the gun really i really? i think yeah. i had 36 bullets or something in the in the yeah. end battle which i just used because i had them um, yeah. I, when I got the rusty axe, I just used the rusty axe because it's essentially the most powerful melee weapon in the game. And the fact that you can charge up your attacks was mm-hmm. pretty good. And, and using the gun had weaknesses such as the escalator sections with the enemies coming out the walls, which yeah. is never really that fun. And they've got these long limbs that will knock you back down. And it works on sort of a semi-auto aim, so you've got to be looking roughly in the vicinity, but mm-hmm. sometimes it wouldn't lock on. Or you'd shoot the first one, you got to shoot each enemy a number of times, and then the drop, and you'd have two enemies back to back. So you'd shoot the one that had dropped, and then you'd try and aim on the next one that's coming right up to hit you, and he'd lock back onto the old target. Yeah. And then you'd face backwards and get hit down, and they just became absolutely frustrating. Um, for yeah. me, probably the most infuriating part of the entire game. Um, and when I started having that problem with the with the gun, I decided that as soon as I got the rusty axe. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. That's what I was going to use because you can charge up your attacks and you can still move around mm-hmm. to dodge stuff, which was pretty cool. I, I think I'd be fine with the game being almost entirely melee focused if it wasn't for the fact that not so much in the first half of the game, but definitely in the latter half of the game. Uh, I'm thinking the second time you enter the uh, water yep, prison. I was just going to say. Uh, it, <laughs> It just completely uh, just mobs of enemies yeah. just surround you and uh, like especially towards the end of the yeah. water prison where the like there's like six, yeah. six twin headed twin no. heads that come at you 
like if you don't have any ammo at that point good luck yeah. like because those guys take off a lot of damage and they're very aggressive they're not going to mm-hmm. wait their turn to attack you either that, um yeah that that image of them is amazing though i think anyway like i think that those, oh, yeah, the, those are probably the scariest enemies to me just because of how they if they're standing still and you're moving left and right they'll like kind of just point at you and just yeah. twist their bodies and then come charging right at you and that yeah. that scene while ultimately incredibly frustrating to actually fight uh when they all come charging at you is probably one of the more scary moments in the game oh yeah absolutely and yeah. you can walk towards them for a while before they even start yeah. moving and you're like well they're gonna yeah it's they're very visually appealing in, ter- in terms of their enemies because the design's really clever um and I, I read an article somewhere that the the design of the game was essentially based around uh, the lead artist's love of Francis Bacon, the mm, artist, mm-hmm. um, right. who had really disturbed faces. Yeah, yeah. Um, and having studied Bacon and not particularly liking his work at college, you can totally get that reference. Sure, um, yeah. And, and it, it really, really works because it's visually disturbing. And then on top of that, the animation for them is as you said, probably the strongest of all the enemies in the yeah. game. I I think the problem is that they're the one enemy that stands out. Yeah, stands yeah out absolutely. For me. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I I mean the sound design for the weird. I I don't. I'm sorry. I don't actually know their names. Uh, but the the weird chimp bear things that you encounter in the building. The sound design for them is really great. But visually, they just look like chimps with yeah. bums for faces. <laughs> um, yeah, it's terrible. Like, but I think they're called gumheads too, which is just a dumb heads. name. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's some some of the enemy. I mean, the sound design in general is weird. You know, we've mentioned the burping enemies, which. It loses the horror when you knock them down the stairs and they burp on every step that they bounce down. But at the start, yeah. you can actually try and get out the window in your bedroom and you'll like knock on and bang on the window. And the banging sound on the window is clearly a basketball being bounced. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that was right at the start of the game. And I was like, here we go. <laughs> and it didn't disappoint because there are a lot of times that the sounds just don't... I mean, I say a lot of the times, if ever the sounds actually seem to go. And I understand that it's supposed to be a little bit surreal, you know. It, yeah. It's obviously yeah. influenced by by many sources. You know, you've got even going through the uh, the tunnels, um, it, through, you know, through the Halo of the Sun portals, um, it, it reminded me of Ringu and yep. um, mm-hmm. with, the, with the TV. And then the distortion was very similar. In the, in the subway, you've got uh, Lynch Street Station and King Street Station for obviously yeah. uh, David Lynch <laughs> yeah. and, and Stephen King. And it, there's certainly that element of Lynch, especially, you know, we mentioned the hospital where there's just strong in, uh, imagery yeah. in, mm-hmm. in these rooms. That almost felt like it, it was straight out of out of one of his th- mm-hmm. uh, projects. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's lent from many sources, but I don't know if it all comes together. Yeah, the sound is... is- probably the most disappointing part for me because as i think as we said on all three shows up until now that's been arguably like the strongest part of the actual design of the game and this time around like i can't the music is totally unmemorable to me like i can't remember a single song from it really oh yeah i don't remember anything from that soundtrack i really like the silent hill 4 soundtrack i really like the silent hill 4 soundtrack i think it doesn't have any of the best tracks yeah but consistently, I probably, you know, it, it sort of stays that middle line, whereas I've always felt that while Silent Hill 2 uh, in particular has some incredible tracks, it has a few that I'm really not that keen on, so it's sort of really up and down. Silent Hill 4 is, you know, 
pretty consistent for me. Um, for me, it's just that it's none of it is excellent. None of it's terrible. Yeah, none of it's it. yeah. yeah. None of it's um, awful. It's just it's just mediocre. And um, I just come away from it going meh. Yeah. I don't really I don't really care about any of the music here. I, I do agree with what you're t- trying to say, Carl. But I, I'm comparing this game directly to the likes of Silent Hill Two and Silent Hill Three, and there were definitely like several tracks on those game soundtracks that I think will that's stay one of the problems is that everyone compared every element of this to yeah. Silent Hill 2 and 3 yeah. and, and that's not good for any game this was obviously going to get that comparison because oh, yeah. it was it was the follow on title and it, it almost I mean I don't think anyone could deny that Silent Hill 4 is almost the black sheep of the Silent Hill family, which is a travesty because mm. it is not the worst of the Silent Hill games. Oh, yeah, no, no, um, it's not. I, I, I mean, Because, spoiler I, I, alert, it's Homecoming. And, oh, um, <laughs> that'll be a good show. <laughs> but because it's followed on from 2, which is, you know, was revered as a, as a modern classic at its release, and you know, you'd, I don't think you'd be... You know, surprising anyone to say it's probably an all-time classic now. And Silent Hill Three is pretty stellar. Yeah, Silent Hill Four doesn't reach those standards, and it sort of does feel like the odd one out in so many ways. And I think it's a case that no one hated this game really at launch. I mean, you got the odd discerning voices and and you know people on forums, but consistently, I mean, to do the critic check, it's seventies. That's yeah. that's not horrible. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I, I definitely don't hate this game. No, I, I mean, I see this, I, I see this game kind of the same way I see Alien Free. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, everyone has different opinions on Alien Free, but I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that there is a great movie within that yeah, okay absolutely. movie, um, and that, that's kind of how I feel about Silent Hill Four. There's a great game here somewhere <laughs> that could have been made and uh, unfortunately um the end result is kind of just an okay game but a very memorable <laughs> okay game yeah um i i i mean i have i'm i'm certainly going to have more fond memories of silent hill 4 than say silent hill 1 which i i know is going to be a controversial statement for many but I think time has been a bit cruel on mm-hmm. the first Silent Hill game, whereas the pure imagination of four kind of carries it through for me. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I get what you're saying, Carl. Like, I, to a certain degree, it is unfair to compare Silent Hill two to uh, to uh, uh, Silent Hill four to Silent Hill two. But like at the same time, like <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I've heard people say, and this is something that I can't comment on as I haven't done, is that Silent Hill 4 actually gets progressively better on multiple plays because there's a lot there. It's almost, if you're going through it once, you could, there's almost a scattergun approach. And I think on subsequent plays, stuff starts mm. to come together and you start, start to make more sense because yeah. there's 52 memos in the game, which is quite a lot. Yeah. Especially for a, a game released a decade ago, you know, obviously games have got silly with collectibles these days um and i found 50 of the 52 and some of them were really interesting but a lot of the ones you pick up early relate to stuff later in the game and i think the more you play and the more you can put stuff together i could see how it could improve because maybe there is more connections um but having not been able to play it a second time all the way through 
it's, it's you know, I, I can't comment firsthand, but it's something that I've seen is that it's actually a better game on, say, second mm. and third players. I can believe that, but I would never play this game again. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm one and done with it. Yeah, I, at least for another decade. I, I don't feel because the game is so memorable. There are so many moments in it that do stand out. I don't feel like I'm going to, you know, I, I don't feel like it's a game I need to revisit because ultimately I did get very frustrated at points, and I don't want to relive mm-hmm. those frustrations. Um, I I can very easily. Uh, see myself getting uh, quite angry at uh, Eileen <laughs> on a second playthrough if she, if she carries on behaving the way she did the first time I played through and and all of that. I I just yeah I I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just I think ultimately I'm trying to say is what I'm trying to say is I I'm frustrated that this game didn't get more development time because of all of the issues that we've mentioned so far. All of them I think could have been solved if this game was just had just had another year in development or something like that or another two years or or what have you yeah it's it's, i'm loath to say it was before its time because i genuinely don't think it was conceptually perhaps because i would say silent hill one was the perfect game at the perfect time silent hill two was the perfect game at the perfect time silent hill three rode on the success of silent hill two whilst maintaining a consistent level of being very very good but Silent Hill 4, the concept in that, I would have loved to have seen in a game developed now, yeah. where you've got you know system limitations aren't as high, where perhaps it could have been released episodically, or you know where you've got that element of development time on bigger studios with extra resources coming in. I could imagine that if Silent Hill 4 was developed in the last five years rather than ten years ago, we would have perhaps had a better product. Yeah, that's that's just that that's my point of view. Obviously, I'm I'm sure other people will slay me for that opinion, but that's that's just how I felt playing it. Is there was there was the threads of stuff that was really great, and it never managed to make the most of its potential in any of those areas. But there was undoubtedly large amounts of potential in many of them. Yeah. So you find out that in order to escape the nightmare world, you have to find uh, the real Walter and destroy him. So you descend deeper and deeper into this nightmare world that Walter has constructed with Eileen until you uh, manage to break through uh, the room by discovering Walter's actual corpse, um, which is nailed to a crucifix, and you find the keys of... um, what do they call the keys of freedom or what have you and they unlock the chains to your door and you escape but then you realize oh no the nightmare's not over and you have to uh, face uh, Walter in this final boss fight where uh, it, it the uh, th- this fight can change depending on what you've done throughout the game so we've already mentioned um, Eileen's curse uh, so how cursed she is in this final encounter dictates how fast she moves towards the Event Horizon <laughs> engine um, that Silent Hill 4 decided to put right at the end of this game. I'm, I'm not exactly kidding, folks. It looks exactly <laughs> the same. It's not. It's not a reference or some kind of clever like. 
design choice. It's it's the same thing. Um, yeah, so she's walking slowly towards this uh, spinning death wheel, uh, and you have to uh, basically weaken this giant monstr- monstrosity by first hand like placing Walter's um, umbilical cord uh, in it. I don't know what hap- why that <laughs> does anything to it, but it does. Um, then you have to collect these spears that are scattered throughout the room. Um, uh, you know, God help you if your inventory is full, because uh, that fight's going to suddenly become a lot harder. Um, so, yeah, you collect these spears. There's eight of them in total. You spear the boss... And then suddenly, uh, the, the by the way, Walter's chasing you throughout this fight with his guns and his big stick. And if you get caught by him, you're going to almost certainly die. Um, so you, you spear the monstrosity and that makes Walter mortal. And then you can mm. engage him in combat and then eventually kill him after hitting him with a baseball bat over and over and over again, seemingly having no effect until it finally does. Um, Boss fights haven't been a strong Mm. point for this series. While I don't think this is a strong boss fight, it's certainly the most imaginative I've encountered so far. Um I, I did get a little bit frust- uh, you know frustrated with the ticking time clock uh ticking timer that was uh, Eileen moving towards the event horizon engine but um apart from that like I thought it was it was a, cl- a clever little puzzle boss fight um I, I think the final moments of it were a bit rubbish because Walter just does not apart from like a a couple of times he doesn't really react to the injuries you inflict but yeah it's it was all right i mean i should just add that the the uh, umbilical cord uh, comes from the japanese tradition uh, of uh, hasano uh, which uh, a, a dried piece of umbilical cord is actually kept in the wooden box, which is obviously what you collect in the game. And the, and the idea is that it's believed to hold good luck for the future mother-child relationship. Uh, okay, that makes way more sense now because in in the story, it's just all of a sudden Henry just has the dude's umbilical cord like in his like locker. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah it's sort of a strange thing and i think it's why frank kept it because he cared for the kid and he wanted right. that bond between the, the mother and the child uh, later in his life unfortunately it never came but it's also why he never got rid of it and it's sort of inserting it back in creates mm. that bond i almost saw it like it, it's a sense of humility or mm. uh, humanism in walter which is why he suddenly becomes vulnerable uh whether that was the intent but Again, it's one of those things that doesn't really carry over yeah, to the West because it's yeah. not really a tradition that we know. Um, and it was only doing research, um, you know, before the podcast I actually searched, you know, why why the umbilical cord in, in Silent Hill 4. And it actually references it, and it, it is a, a Japanese hmm. tradition uh, to, of keeping it. And I, and I think that is why um, it plays such a big part. And, and Silent Hill 4 was, was quite risky because it was not geared at all towards Westerners. You know, it's the same with ghosts. We tend not to have ghosts. We tend to have zombies um, because, you know, are ghosts scary? Well, they're very, very scary mm-hmm. in Japanese culture. Um, not so much in, in, in ours. Uh, and that was another bold move they made. But, you know, in, in regards, they the stuck to the guns. Um, it just... 
it was something that confused me at the time. But researching afterwards, you saw like, oh, well, yeah, yeah that makes that, way more that, sense. That now I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, that was a big thing for me. Like I just didn't understand yeah. the whole umbilical cord thing at all. But yeah, that, that, that fits pretty well. I just wish that was in the game. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. like, like you, Sean, I was baffled by that. Like I had no idea. Uh, why that was going on now it makes a lot more yeah. sense but i just you need to put that information in yeah. the video game itself you can't expect your audience to do their homework uh well yeah anyway um and thus the game ends once you uh, defeat walter um there are four endings i believe um they're too good too bad and uh, whether or not you get these endings is dependent on whether or not Eileen uh, dies. or uh, And also another thing that affects the endings is how many of the hauntings in your room you've purified. Mm. So to get like the ultimate good ending, I think you need to purify at, at least 80% of the hauntings that appear in your room. Um, I personally got the mother ending, which I think is like the second best good ending that yeah. you can get. Um, I think most people get yeah, this ending. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, yeah. I got the mother. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the, the worst possible ending you can get is the 21 sacrament uh, ending where pretty much everyone dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone dies. Eileen dies. And I, I think you're pos- kind of possessed by the same compulsion she was to kill yourself. So you die as well. And it's a very miserable ending. Yeah. Um, I think that's the best yeah, one, actually, in terms of like narrative cohesion, as, as little yeah. cohesion there is in this story. Um, yeah. I think that one fits the most because... The other two, as I'm sure you're getting ready to say, are are you're in a hospital with Eileen, and she's like, "I'm gonna go." Well, I guess it's time to go back to the apartment. Like, why would you ever go back to that apartment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's weird because she's oh, maybe I can return back to the Heights now. And you're like, yeah. "No, why? No. Why?" They're in New York, <laughs> you know. But let's let's not overlook the biggest travesty of all here. No There's UFO. No UFO in there. Oh God. Yeah, I kind of wonder if 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 uh, it was almost like they felt like they couldn't top the one and the three because the, the, the UFO ending three is so ridiculous. But yeah, it's, it's, such a it's just bizarre, isn't it? It's, it's bizarre not to have that UFO thing because it's been such a mainstay. And I would have liked something. I mean, let's be honest, the game could have done with maybe a bit of comic relief outside <laughs> of the burping patients. But um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed that there was no UFO ending. Um, that would, see that would have encouraged a second player for me is some something like that, but it yeah. wasn't to be just too good, too bad. I think I, I think unfortunately, uh, for better or worse, Silent Hill Four is the most self serious of all of the Silent yes. Hill games, and yeah, that's including agree. Silent Hill Two. Yeah. Like that's that's crazy to think that this game is more straight faced than that game, yeah. which deals with su- such mature themes. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, some of the other games have, have really dark moments. I mean, there's there's one that we'll talk about specifically on the downpour episode um mm-hmm. and this whilst probably doesn't have those moments as, that are as dark it you know it, it, it never never lets has up has any humor yeah never sort of has any humor it so. never it, it never winks at the camera the way no. silent hill 3 mm-hmm. did you know just 
like we can have these scares but also acknowledge that look guys this is very silly um but no silent hill 4 can't do that like and it's a shame because it's been sort of a konami mainstay Mm -hmm. for many years you know the castlevania games the solid games the silent hill games until until this one Yeah. yeah Right, um, we'll get on to our summaries of the game later on. But first, let's uh, hear from our community. Um, if you want to interact with us, you can leave your comments uh, on canerince.com slash forum or send us e- uh, an email uh, via our email address, podca- uh, podcast at com. We didn't get a lot of correspondence for Silent Hill 4, uh, unfortunately, um, we've only I only we only got one piece from the forum, um, but it's it's very good. Uh, so uh, here's uh, what the reviewist thought of Silent Hill Four. Having played through the earlier entries in the series, it was inevitable that I'd get round to playing Silent Hill Four eventually. Although that ended up being the Xbox edition played on my 360 around 2008 with all the broken facial animations and texture glitches that entailed. Despite that, I still somewhat enjoyed what is really the first experimental Silent Hill game. Silent Hill 4 The Room has long been the whipping boy of the four team silent games. Being so different from the first three in both tone, style and setting, it often gets overlooked. This is most likely in part because of the change in general format and style. The inclusion of the first-person sections in Room 302 and the repetitive retreading over areas make the game feel less like a progression and more of an ordeal, which may have in fact been the point. It's not hard to see why the game is disdained by many Silent Hill fans. Instead of a story of someone arriving or returning to Silent Hill to find themselves suddenly in a purgatorial misty prison, we're treated to the charisma-free presence of Henry Townsend. A man so boring that after five days of supernatural imprisonment in his own home and suffering from strange nightmares, he shrugly crawls through a hole in the wall with an apathy that borders on a form of mental illness. Yeah, see, I told you, a psychopath. As well as a dull protagonist and some clunky controls, it also has an unnecessarily convoluted narrative, which isn't delivered nearly well enough throughout, making the whole story seem far more complex than it actually is. The first half of the game is also teeming in so much witchcraft, cultish mumbo-jumbo and disparate locations that it feels at times like the game is utterly aimless. However, this couldn't be further from the truth, as the main story told by Silent Hill 4 is one of the more interestingly conceived, dealing with an orphan serial killer and immortality bestowing ritual suicide and the multi-dimensional journey filled with some of the creepiest hill denizens of the entire series. The floating victims of Walter Sullivan, the two-headed swaddled infants with their accusing pointed fingers, the giant hovering face and even the leopard-like long-tongued cat monsters are nightmarish visions which are arguably more affecting than the possessed creatures of Silent Hill 1. 
and the psychosexual manifestations of Silent Hill 2 or the fetal abstractions of Silent Hill 3. Adding to this the bleak strangeness of some of the game's settings, such as the circular water tower and the spiral staircase, make it one of the more memorable in the series visually. Uh, Yeah, I agree with a lot of what the reviewer said there, um, especially on Henry. Uh, I was going to agree with him that the Xbox version, uh, when playing it on 360, um, it has a ton of uh, facial animation errors. Like, their faces are kind of sliced up. It's really weird. Like, their their mouths move, and the, the mouth will just come off of their face oh well there you go Silent Hill 4 yeah. HD <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so I'm not sure if the, um, I guess the PS2 version doesn't have that kind of thing so if we're talking in terms of best versions to play uh, the Xbox version if you can play it on original Xbox it's probably fine but playing it through 360 emulation is uh, pretty rough cool uh, let's move on to our free word reviews uh, there weren't many uh, for this podcast um, as I mentioned before usually I only allow one free word review per uh, listener but uh, I've made a special allowance for this podcast just because we were so desperate <laughs> for free word reviews Okay, Nathan Drewitt said, Goodbye, Team Silent. He also said, Bloody Inventory System. Patrick Smith of Twin Humanities Podcast says, The Weird One. You Died says, Hideous Bird Babies. Danny B said, An Admiral Attempt. Right, uh, the last thing to do is to summarise our opinions of the game, starting with Carl. Silent Hill 4 is interesting because it's so often deemed um, over time to be negatively portrayed. Uh, If you actually look back, that's not really the case. I think we've just sort of been conditioned to believe it as such after the second and third. So going into it this time, I was really intrigued because I played it 10 years ago and did not like it at all. Um, Whether that was because I didn't feel like it belonged on PC, as I said at the start of the show, um, because I found Silent Hill 2... Uh, equally off-putting on PC, despite the fact that it's a great game, um, and I and I never went back to it. I never had the inclination, and yet I completely remembered the design of Room Three or Two. So there was there was something immediately memorable about that game, even after a decade. Uh, and I'm sort of glad that that we decided to cover the entirety of the Silent Hill series because it allowed me to get back and play Silent Hill Four. Because as a game that was, you know, quote-unquote, never a proper Silent Hill, um, it was going to be interesting to see how it held up, you know, a a decade after release. And I actually found it really interesting. I didn't necessarily find it great. It, it, You know, I I wouldn't recommend someone play it over the first three, but I'd certainly recommend someone play it, especially if it is for any reason the Silent Hill that people have avoided, which, looking at, you know... what people have been saying in the lead up to this show to to our Twitter account that that is the case. Many people just ignored it. Um, they, they they went with general consensus and just went with the other Silent Hill games, and I sort of understand why. But really, you should play it because there are some concepts in this and some design ideas, and that core storyline are all really good there's like i've mentioned on the show already that there was the potential for it to be great and it never really grasps it and makes the most of it but 
there's no denying it is there. There is something there. And if you can get your hands on a copy of it, it's certainly worth trying out because chances are people will go on into it with a negative mindset or with nothing at all. People don't really seem to go into Silent Hill 4 positively. And that could actually play to the game's favour because one thing I would say, 10 years after release, it is not as bad as I remember, nor is it as bad as I expected. And that is something that did surprise me. And as Josh has mentioned, there are some parts in this that although I may never play the game again, I will remember for a long, long time for how visually striking it was or or how original something could have been in that game. And yeah... I think someone should definitely be playing it to just for those those moments. It's not an overly long game. Um, it you know as you can complete it. It's for an eight nine hour game. The, the gameplay time will say considerably less. Stick at it bit by bit, and uh, yeah, give it a go. Yeah, so I came to Silent Hill for knowing very very little about it at all um other than the title and its reputation as kind of the beginning of the end of the silent hill series uh, now i i having you know played some of the games that uh came after it i don't necessarily agree that the silent hill series as is uh down in the dumps as some people may suggest um you know, watch out for the Silent Hill Shattered Memories podcast in the future. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's as strong as Silent Hill Two and Silent Hill Three. That said, there's so many fascinating ideas in this game. Um, like I said, the idea of taking the the safe space and then just perverting it and and sabotaging it and making it feel horrible and nightmarish and and making the entire game feel dangerous instead of just the the moments where you're uh fighting monsters and and what have you i thought that was an incredibly clever idea um and we you know some of the locations like the water prison i think was a a fascinating location uh which unfortunately we didn't talk about much in detail but um yeah, that, that location really stuck out in my mind. Um, some of the choices in terms of enemy design, um, I say some, you know, some of them were pretty imaginative. But, you know, a lot of them were boring. Um, like, there were chimpanzees with bums for faces. There there was a room with a giant face in it, which, while creepy at the time, you think back, why was that even there? What 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 purpose did that serve other than to put a say that we put a giant face in a room? Um, and the, some of the design, design decisions around the inventory and everything, just, like, the weapons degrading and... It, just massively frustrating and Eileen being the epitome of everything that's frustrating about escort missions it's this game has some really high highs but also some really low lows and 
Would I recommend this game? I don't know. I I mean, I I I would love people to witness um, the 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 ideas on display that I do think are really positive in this game. But at the same time, those those ideas come with the baggage of everything that's terrible about this game. Um, I would recommend this game, but with just no going in that this is a curiosity it's not a great game it's a game that has ideas in it that might uh might be a good idea for if if there are any budding game developers out there i would recommend playing this game because there are ideas in here that need to be capital uh, capitalized on um and need to be expanded on and hopefully if 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 uh, i'm correct and and uh, the guys working on uh, Silent Hills have been looking at uh, Silent Hill 4 as inspiration. Maybe we'll get that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I see Silent Hill 4 as a memorable, terrible game. <laughs> <laughs> but also... And it's not that's unfair. It's not a terrible game. It's it's a very very memorable mediocre game. Is what I ultimately feel about it. I think it. just to add something to that is all too often... We uh, we will criticise games for being risk averse, yeah, and yet yeah. we're almost more reluctant to praise games for taking gambles. Sure. Um, yeah. And this game, you know, it, like like I said earlier, it could have played it very safe off the back of two and three and maintained that it didn't. It took some risks that didn't all pay off. The majority of them didn't, yeah. but they were bold uh, mm. in their moves, yeah. and you sort of that should be celebrated rather than than, than criticised uh, for its intentions. Yeah. Sean? Uh, I don't know, exactly know how I feel about Silent Hill 4. As you were just saying, Carl, I, I love the ambition that was behind a lot of the choices that they made here to just, to just say, screw Silent Hill 2 and 3, uh, we're going to do something totally new, and just take it out of Silent Hill altogether, let's see what we can do. And uh, but try and keep it in the same genre at the very least. But as a Silent Hill game, I don't think it's a good sequel. I think it's a decent or it's a very interesting horror game on its own. It has so many good ideas, especially the whole hub, uh, the hub area of the apartment room. I just think that's a brilliant idea. And but man, when it comes down to some of the sound design and the enemy design and the character design and the story it's just all of that is kind of a letdown for me and i think ultimately it actually probably is my least favorite silent hill game of the ones that i've played i haven't played well i haven't played the portable ones basically um but i yeah i don't know there's just there's a lot of really good ideas in there that I wish people could see without having, as you said, Josh, without having to deal with all the junk that goes with it. And I think ultimately I just, if I, if someone was like, should I play Silent Hill 4? Maybe, I don't know if, if you have nothing else to play, I guess uh, you can put, pop it in, but I, I don't think there's enough good in it to recommend it, but there are some, but the ideas that are good in there are really good. So it's really up and down title for me, but yeah, I don't know. It kind of, it kind of deserves the black sheep title in my opinion, but that's not entirely a bad thing. 
Right, that just leaves me, uh, Joshua Garrity, to thank Sean and Carl. And we will see you next time in issue 164, where we will soak in the synesthetic sensations of sound shapes. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>